Welcome to the Faith Lighthouse Church message of the week. We hope that you enjoy this teaching. For more information about this message and other resources, visit mylighthouse.church. I want to start off today by just, um, just touching base with what took place last Sunday. That, uh, that last Sunday was just an absolute a tremendous time as we concluded our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And, uh, and, and just the, the explosion of, of just God's presence in this place that uh, was, was truly remarkable. And every time we come to church, it's a, it's, a, it's a great time. But just there's something about when we finish our 21 days of prayer and fasting that, that always uh, kind of heightens our senses and, and kind of heightens what seemingly the Holy Spirit is doing in, in, our, in our lives and in our church. And, and, and I will say this, that sometimes it's difficult for me to hear uh, any response or things like that because of where I stand or if I'm up on stage, it's hard to hear. But I tell you, last week I heard you shouting and praising on top of the music. I walked out and I told John, I said, that is the loudest I have ever heard this church. And I've been coming to this church since I was a baby. So, I mean, I, I mean I've seen amazing and I've heard amazing things before, but last Sunday was truly an amazing time as we praised God for what he has done and what he is going to do for the victory that we have in Jesus and all of the prayers that we have. And, and it was just an amazing time, and I'm so glad that, that you were able to be a part of it. And I'll say, if you missed last week, I'm sorry, you, you missed out. Don't, that just, that, don't miss church, then that'll solve that problem. But it truly was an amazing time, and to just, to, to just to hear everyone's response. I mean, I, I, I mean, I knew I heard people in the back shouting above all the music and everything was just truly amazing, and uh, it was just a great time in God's presence. And, and, and my encouragement, let's keep doing it. Don't stop. <laughs> Don't stop. Let's keep praising God for what he is doing in our lives. And, and so that brings me to this. Is, is You see up on the altar area, we still have the, the prayer cards up here. And, and the reason why I left those up there is because I want, I want to, this to be a reminder that for us to praise God for answered prayers, because what happens is we go through 21 days of prayer and, and fasting, or even throughout the year that we, we get prayer requests and we pray and we believe God and God answers the prayer, but sometimes we don't know or I don't know how God has answered or, uh, or to, to what degree God has answered. So, so what I would like to do is if you have filled out one of these prayer cards and God has answered that prayer, then I would encourage you to find your card and take a pen and just write answered. And set that aside because what I want to do is I want to praise God for those answered prayers. That I want to shout and praise and give him the glory for what he has done. I don't want to just move past it and go, okay, yeah, we prayed over it and now let's move on to the next thing. But let's praise God for the answered prayers and, and even if God answered it in a different way. But it still was an answer to your request. And so we're going to have these up here. They're going to be over on the table on the side starting next week. And, and so if God answers your prayer, when God answers your prayer, fill that card out and just write answered on it or just put a big A on it, whatever, just to signify that God has answered that prayer so we can pull those cards aside and praise God and give him the victory, uh, the praise for giving us the victory and the answer to our needs. Does that sound like something agreeable to everyone? Amen. So please help us with this. Let us know how God has answered that prayer so we can shout and proclaim God's victory and praise him for what he has done. Now, it's often the question that after we finish 21 days of prayer and fasting that, that, is, that we ask the question, okay, well, what's next? 
What, what's what's going to happen now? Is you know we spent 21 days in, in prayer and in prayer and fasting. So what happens next? And and so that I believe is where we are right now. And so I want to spend some time answering that question: What's next? But before we do that, I teased something the past couple of weeks uh, about something that I wanted to share with you. And and so I want to take that time right now that that uh, at the, the conclusion of every year I receive a report from our bookkeeper who gives us the details of you know financially of what has taken place over the year. Now as a board we go through our finances every month and we go through the stewardship and how money is spent and all of those things. But it's it's good to to do it on a yearly basis and so you can kind of see the big picture throughout the year. And as I was going through the report, something really jumped out at me. And, and I was looking at our missions account, and that number really jumped out at me. Now, obviously, if you've been a part of FLC for this, this past year, that we took on a big project this year, that part of our missions giving was we, we said as a church we were going to give above and beyond our regular t- uh, uh, missions uh, faithful giving, that we were going to raise $7,000 and give to the project in India to help build a church in India. So obviously, our missions number is higher because we raised that $7,000. Amen. Now, that $7,000 is a big number for a church of our size to give above and beyond what we do on a, on a weekly and monthly basis, but to give above and beyond to meet all of our commitments to all the missionaries that we support, that we were able to give more to our missionaries on a monthly basis. We increased our faith promise amount for every missionary we support on a monthly basis. So we did that, and then we gave $7,000 on top of that. So we gave, as a church, almost $14,000 to missions last year. Praise God for that. I was not prepared for that figure. I knew the number was going to be high because of, obviously, the $7,000. But when I saw it, I was like, man, that's just, when you see it in black and white, it's just amazing. And, and I didn't, and I, again, I, I wasn't fully expecting it, but I was. But then I said, I've got to dig a little bit deeper because there's something here. And, and so when I looked at the numbers and I looked year over year, which I do, and just compare, you know, year over year, I, I, I noticed that 2018 versus 2019, we doubled what we gave from 2018 to 2019 in missions. That is huge. Obviously, being the $7,000 was a big part of that as well. But then I said, you know what? I've got to do some more digging because I, I, this, I can't stop here. And so I, I decided to go back on our giving for the last 15 years. So I went back to 2005, and we gave more to missions last year than we have as a church since 2005. But the greatest thing about that is we are a much smaller church than what we were back in 2005. So for us to be able to give what we gave in 2019, being a smaller number of people, we gave more collectively than we have since 2005. That is truly remarkable. And I just want to give God praise for that today. That that what we as a church are able to, to do some amazing things that that quite honestly may seem impossible. For us to be able to do that as a church and, and, and looking at our budget and finances, to be able to do that on top of everything that we've had to do. Over the past 
three plus years that we have done a lot around this church. And we have had so many challenges from every single air conditioner breaking. Uh, It's just one thing after the other. But to still, on top of that, continue to be able to give and not only give to missions, but to give above and beyond. I believe in missions. I believe that we should support missions as a church, not just around the world, but even locally. That missions, this is our mission field. The world is our mission field. And so I believe in supporting missionaries. That's why we have missionaries come and share their heart. And I was so appreciative of of Pastor Dan coming last week and sharing his heart for Japan. And I have to say that he he just absolutely uh, loved FLC. That, uh, such glowing words uh, from him last week that you truly were a blessing to him. So thanks for being awesome. I'll just say that. Thanks for being awesome. And, and so it, it truly is remarkable, remarkable to see what God can do because truly with God anything is possible. And so you know what I want to do? I want to double 2019's mission giving into 2020. I want to double Did you hear me? I want to double what we gave from 2019 to 2020. Pastor, that's a lot of money. You know what? It is a lot of money, but I believe that it's possible. I didn't believe three years ago that we could do something like that. I didn't believe that it was possible in my flesh. But I said, God, if you lead us, if you're behind it, we're going to be able to do it. And we did it. Last year, when I stood up here and said, we're going to give $7,000 above and beyond to missions, I said, Lord, you've got to be all over this. In the board meeting, when I presented it to the board, I saw the looks on the board face, and they're like, all right, pastor, if you say so, we're going to do it. Are you sure? Are you really sure? They had my back. They said, absolutely, pastor, let's do it. And we were able to do it collectively as a church. And so I want to see God do even more. I want to see God do bigger and better because I've I've heard it said that every dollar we give to missions represents a life that comes to Christ, that comes to faith. So we gave nearly $14,000. That could translate into 14,000 people hearing the gospel. So what if we did that with $28,000? 28,000 people coming to Christ in 2020 just from our church alone. I believe it's possible because I know that with God, all things are possible Yes, it takes faith. Yes, it takes giving above and beyond, but I'm, I'm believing God for that this year. And so I'm believing that that's part of what's next, that God is going to do even greater things, that, that even through 2019 was a great year, I'm believing greater things for 2020 because I, I believe that God is up to something good here at FLC, and I'm so glad to be a part of it. I'm thankful that you're a part of it as well. So I believe that's part of what's next, but, but what next? What, what next after that? After this 21 days of prayer and fasting, and that's a great question to ask. And so I want to start here today in Isaiah chapter 43. If you have your Bibles, you're going to open up your Bible app to Isaiah chapter 43. Because I believe this is, this is going to be the foundation for us moving forward and, and seeing what is next. How we can prepare ourselves for what is to come. Isaiah chapter 43, starting at verse 18. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now Isaiah is reminding the Israelites, encouraging them to forget the past. 
Now, I know what you're thinking. Why in the world would he be saying forget the past and, and, and not think about the former things? We just spent the past five minutes talking about 2019, and now you're telling us we should forget the former things? Uh, last time I checked that that was in the past. Isaiah was, wasn't truly in the literal sense meaning just forget everything, but he was referencing the Exodus. That he was speaking to the Israelites, and, and he wasn't telling them, hey guys, just forget it and move on. But rather, he was, he was telling them that, that no matter how great and how wonderful that was, look ahead to the future. Look ahead at what God is going to do, because the things that God is going to do in the future are greater than what's been already done. You see, we can do that in our lives, personally, in our walk with God, and in a church, we can do that as well, that, that we, we can think of the great and wonderful times that we've had in God's presence, and we, we think of the wonderful things that, that God has done in church, and we think back to, to how the Holy Spirit moved and ministered to people's lives, and, and we can think, God, I, I just want to go back there. I just want to go back to that place in time because it was, so, it was so special, it was so significant that we want to go back there, and that's where we focus our minds. Going back to that place and that time because it had significance. It had meaning to us. And it's not to say that we shouldn't look fondly on those times or, or to reminisce about those times. But we need to continue to look ahead. That's what Isaiah was trying to get the people to understand. Don't focus. Don't focus on what God has done solely what God has done in the past. But look ahead to what God is going to do. You see, the exodus, the, the, I mean, come on, think about it. This was a, an amazing event that God split the water in half for the people to walk through. That is a miracle if I've ever seen a miracle before. How can you not expect the people to go, man, look what God did back there. He split the, the sea and, and we were able to escape from our enemy. That, that we should remember that. We should think of that time because it was an amazing miracle and it was an amazing thing that God did. However, we cannot just think about those times and want to go back there. We have to look ahead. We need to let those past events shape our future. We need to see those cornerstone events, those things that God has done in the past, shape how we see our future. If God was able to do that, imagine what he's going to be able to do in the future. Something greater is on the horizon. That's what we should be thinking. What's next, God? What's next? You did that? I can't wait to see what you're going to do next. I remember what you did. I remember the miracle. I remember the power on display. But what is ahead? Not, let's go back there. Let's spend time. Let's camp there. No, no, no. What's ahead? What, what do you have in store for us? That should shape our future. God was able to do that in the past. What is he going to do on the horizon? That that's what we should be asking God. What is next? There should be this anticipation and this focus on future events. But sometimes we just camp in the past. And Isaiah was encouraging the people, yes, it's important to, to think of those things, but allow that to shape your future. Don't just wish to go back there. Use that as the catalyst to see how God's going to move in the future. I don't know about you, but um, sometimes my memory is not how I wish it was. Does anybody else struggle with that? 
And, and it has nothing to do with age. I'm not calling anybody. I'm, trust me, I'm not going down that road. But I know, I, but I believe that most people struggle with our memory for whatever reason. That some people, man, they have just this lockbox that they remember everything. And, and, I, and I go, how do you remember that? Uh, my sister, uh, I have two older sisters, my the middle sister, like she remembers things as, as kids, and I just, how do you remember that? How do you remember what car we were driving and what outfit we were in and, and what my mom said and what my dad said? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, was, was this a dream? Were, were, were really, were we all there? She's like, no, and she can remember vivid details about it. I'm like, I don't understand how you do that. There are days that I can't even remember my kid's name half the time. Uh, you, child, girl. Who, me? Yes, you. Don't want the glasses. There's some days. But I think we all struggle with that. At some point in time, there's this, this challenge that we have with our memories that, that you, you, you meet somebody and you're like, I'll never forget their name. And then five minutes later, what was their name? Ah, that, there, that we have challenges with our memories, that there are people that have eidetic memories and they just remember, they can see something and they can call it back. They, it's every vivid detail. That there are people that, that can remember everything, that, that their entire lives, they remember every detail of their lives. And I think, man, I want to be like them. And they're like, wait a second. Let me rethink that. There are things that I don't want to remember. There are conversations that I have that I don't want to remember. I don't want to recall. And so people that can remember every detail of their life, honestly, it is a burden. Because they do recall vivid details of, of traumatic times and difficult experiences. But there are times that, that we, I believe we wish our memories were better. That conversation that you had with your spouse. And she said, I told you that. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. That's when we want... To have that memory recall. There wouldn't be no arguments if you're able to remember every part of your life. We struggle with our memory. We struggle people's names. We struggle with conversations from time to time. There are times that I wish I could forget things. There's a study that looked at animals and their short-term memory. And, and they found that, that dogs forget an event within two minutes. And that's why if you walk out of the house and then walk back and, hey, you're back. It's like, I was just here. Like, what? How did you? It's gone. Both of my dogs. I'm like, it's true of all dogs. It's both of my dogs do the same thing. I'm like, what? I was just here. Like, you, but you were gone forever. No, five minutes. Chimpanzees forget about 20 seconds. Gone, just like that. Some of us struggle with our memory. Some of us have a little bit better memories than others, but we see throughout the Bible that, that God does call on his people to remember, that he calls on us to remember specifically his promises. Remember what he has spoken to us, but yet we, we can be quick to forget those things. See, we focus on the things that are happening in our lives, but we forget God's promises. That we forget that God has spoken to us and we forget the, 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 the things he has spoken to us personally through the Holy Spirit. And we forget what God has spoken to us in, in his word. And so it's important that we, we take time and, and remember those things. That we need to focus on and remember the promises of God. 
If you want to keep your faith levels high, if you want to keep this, this, this coming off this 21 days of, of prayer and fasting, then it's important to think back of what God has done and what God has promised you. To think back of the times that God has spoken into your life and recall those details and recall those things that, that perhaps it, it would be easier for you if you just wrote those things down so you could flip through your journal and go, that's what you spoke to me. That, that, that's, I'm not a, a person that journals very often, but, but usually during the 21 days of prayer and fasting, that's when I journal the most. Because I want to remember things that God has spoken to me. I want to remember what God was revealing. I want to remember the things that, that, that happened during that time frame. Because it is a, a, it's a, for me, it's a very special time that I, that I look forward to every year. And there are times I've been able to go back to my journal and go, God, I, I forgot you spoke that to me. I forgot that you spoke that promise or whatever it may be because I just move on with my life and, or my memory isn't as great as I wish it were. And, and so it's important that we not just forget about our past or, or, or forget what God has done, but, but to remember God's promises, to hold on to those things. It's important that we remember the past so that we can honor God, to remind ourselves what he's capable of doing. But again, what Isaiah was reminding the people is don't get stuck there. Don't just want to go back, but let your past shape your future. Let what God did, what God spoke to you, shape what's coming. Not, I want to go back there, but that's what you're able to do. I'm going to remember that and project it forward, because if you did that then, I know what you're able to do now. I know what your word says. I know what the promises you spoke. I know that's going to happen in the future. How is it going to happen? Because what you did back there, that's how you're going to fulfill your promise for the future. There's no way you can do that, God. Yes, he can, because look at what he did. We can look to his promises and, and remember his promises and know that he can and will fulfill them because of what he's done. So it begs the question that we must ask, what's next? That's how we see what's next, next by thinking of the past, remembering what he did, and seeing that through the lens of what's happening to our future. One other verse I want to share this morning in closing, Isaiah chapter 42, verse 9. See, the former things have taken place, and the new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Now, that phrase there, before they spring into being, it, it really is a metaphor taken of plants and flowers. That anybody that has planted a garden or you've worked in, in a garden or anything like that, or maybe flowers at home or whatever the case may be, that, that, that phrase literally means before uh, they begin to germinate. That before there is any indications of any life or anything happening, any growth of the plants, the idea is that God predicted the future events before there was anything to measure it by. Before you can see anything sprouting out of the ground, God is already at work. Before anything, before you can say, yes, there's, there, I planted a seed and now it's starting to sprout. Before you can see anything, before any ground moves, God is already working. God is already doing something. Because we have seen the former things, the things that have come to pass, we have faith for the things that God is going to do, the things that God has promised us he will do. Before we can see any signs of it. Before we can even see anything, that any movement that God is moving, that something is going to happen.
It's important that we think of the former things. It's important that we look back, but not to stay there. To allow that to influence us for what's next. We can get stuck in past events and we can get stuck in past things. And we can even think, well, God, you've got to do it the same way because that's how you did it then. No. God was just displaying what he's capable of doing, but he may not do it the same way. That he's going to do it in a new way, but the past informs our future. It allows us to have faith for the future of seeing God what's next. Before they spring into being, before you see anything, God is already moving. Now, I know there might be some of you here today that maybe you haven't been a follower of Christ very long. And, and there's not a whole lot of life events that you can go back to and say, that's what God did in my life. And, and I can go back to that. But that's where reading his word is so vital to look back and see how God has moved, to see the things that God is capable of doing to inform what he's speaking to your life now. That if he was able to do those things, he can do that in my life and even greater things. If you have been a follower of Christ for some time, it's important that you do go back and look at the things God has done in your life. Say, I've seen you move before. I know you can do it again. It may be in a different way. It may be completely outside of my way of thinking, but I know you can do it. That I have the faith in you that you can do it. Even though I may not be able to see any evidence of it, I still know that what's next is going to be great because you're in what's next. You are the author of what's next. If God was able to do such great things before, just imagine what he has in store next. That's what I believe is next. That's what I believe God has in store for us as a church, is that God has done great things in the past, and I am thankful for what God has done in the past. I'm thankful for the lives that have been touched, for the, for the miracles, true miracles that have taken place. But I know that God is going to do even greater things because he's in what next, what's coming ahead. I'm allowing that to shape the future. I'm allowing that to inform, not I want to go back to that time, I want to go back to that place, but no, God, what you did there, you're going to do something even greater in the future. For the lives, for the hearts, for, for the, the, the countless things that I can't even begin to fathom, you are going to be in what's next. Something greater than we have ever seen. John and I had an interesting conversation on Wednesday night, and, and we were just kind of you know batting around different things, and based off our, our life group and uh, it's funny how you have a conversation it goes one way and then the other but I got a conversation of, of, of revival and, and miracles and those things happening and taking place and, and just how God does it differently every single time and, and I think sometimes that, that we're, we're looking for God to do it like he did in the past that it has to happen the same way or that certain song has to be playing or you know everybody has to be standing in just the right position and then, then the Holy Spirit moves and then revival takes place no, I, I don't believe that. And so we were talking through that. And that, that when God moves and God does things, he does it in a new and fresh way every single time. Because it's not a formula-driven thing. Going back to last week when, when the people were marching around Jericho, that is not the formula for victory. That was one instance that God said, this is what you're going to do, and this is how victory is going to happen. But God may be doing a completely different way of victory next time. The idea is to have faith that God is going to be in what's next. Because we've seen him do it before. 
So that's what I'm believing for. I'm believing for God to do the miraculous. I'm believing for revival to happen in each and every single one of us. I'm believing God for miracles, but there is no formula for it other than seeking after God, staying a student of his word, staying in prayer and saying, God, I'm in what's next because I know you're in what's next. I'm believing for greater things because I've seen what you've done. I've seen the healing power of the Holy Spirit transform hearts and lives. I've seen you break the bonds of addiction. I have seen you provide financial windfall. I have seen the lost be found. I have seen that and I've seen it before and I know it's in what's next. I'm going to allow that to shape my future, to give me the fuel for my faith for the future. I'm not going to camp in the past and just wish we could go back there. But God, do what you did back then and do something greater in the future. The anticipation for what's next. I know there are sometimes people are afraid of what's next. Oh, God, I, everything's good right now. Every, you know, it's, everything is safe. Everything is good. So I don't want anything to upset the apple cart. God, upset the apple cart. Mess it up. I don't care if something greater is in the future, then that's what I want. I don't want to stay with the status quo. I want for what's next. And if that's what you want this morning, would you stand with me and believe together? God, as a church, we are believing for what's next. We're believing something greater than the past. We know what you've done in the past. We've seen it. You've seen it in your lives. You have seen the miraculous in your life. But God, you're going to do something greater. I'm believing for what's next. 2019 was a great year. As a church, looking back, 2019 was an amazing year. But I know 2020 is going to better because God's in it. There are things that God is doing underneath the soil that we can't see yet. But it's coming because God is in what's next. Let's stand in agreement today and let's pray and believe God for that this morning. Father, I thank you that you are the God of what's next. You are in the future. You have already moved. God, I pray for our faith to rise today. To allow the past to fuel our faith for the future. To use the past events to see the miraculous take place but believe for even greater things. Jesus, I, I believe what you spoke to the disciples and said greater things will come. That we will do greater things. It's hard to imagine because you did so many amazing things. But I'm believing for even greater. I'm believing for lives to be touched, for hearts to be transformed, for the miraculous to take place. Because that's what your word says and I'm holding you to your word. And I know you'll be faithful. As we are faithful, you will be faithful to us. May we be students of your word. May we spend time in your presence every day. May our hearts long for that time where we can just spend a few moments with you to drown out the, the noise and the chaos of the day, but to draw closer to you. That's our desire today. As a church, God, I'm believing for great things in what's next. I'm believing for individuals today that need a great next step. 
I know there are individuals here this morning that are believing you for great things. And we're going to praise you, God, when those things come. We're going to shout. We're going to dance. We're going to praise you because you are worthy of it. You are the God of what's next. May our faith continue to increase, to hold on to your word and your promises, what you've spoken to us, that we will see these things come to pass. You have fulfilled your word and your promise time and time again. So there's no reason to doubt now. I pray as a church, God, we will stand unified together, believing for what's next. Standing firm, even when the challenges of life may come, the difficulties come our way. We know that you are the God of what's next. Today, we stand as that signal. Each one of us, called by your name, into your family, believing for great things to come. Thank you, God, for what's next. In Jesus' name, everybody says amen and amen. Give him praise this morning. Amen. 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 I'm excited for what's next. If you couldn't tell, I am excited about what's next. I'm believing God for great things. I cannot wait to stand up here next year and say, look what God did in 2020. And I'm believing even greater things in 2021 and 22 and 23 and 24. However, the Lord shall tarry. But I'm believing for great things. I'm believing great things for this church and for you individually. Thanks for listening to the message of the week. If you've enjoyed this teaching, would you consider a gift to support the ministry of FLC? Visit mylighthouse.church forward slash give. Faith Lighthouse Church is located at 3409 Paul Buckman Highway in Plant City, Florida. Our weekly worship services are held on Sundays at 11 a.m. We also have various life groups and programs for all ages that meet throughout the week. We'd love for you to be a part of what God is doing in Plant City.